We're just normal men. What do you mean, normal men? We're just innocent men. <laughs> Gonna throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost... He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. It's Thanksgiving week. We are so pumped to be here. I'm excited. Uh, I'm Rob White, fighting Texas Aggie Class of 14. And I am Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2015. A little rainy day. Yeah, a little rainy day. Uh, for anybody that might be off to the east that's listening to the podcast this morning, a little PSA for you. Uh, enhanced risk, uh, for those who are listening, it is Monday. Uh, enhanced risk off to the east, uh, 10% hatched risk. Uh, so enhanced risk for, uh, tornadoes even off oh. to the east. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a pretty volatile day as far as the atmosphere is concerned. Seems so, unnecessary. Yeah. Well, we in the weather community, uh, we love to call this what well, uh, we call it the second season, uh, more or less kind of kicks off in November going into December, primarily in the South. And it happens every single year. Cause the same, you know, air masses of cold, dry, hot, warm, moist, humid air from the Gulf are still mixing. And it's coming back south because of, obviously, the temperature weather change. So uh, we are going to experience some pretty nasty weather, pretty warm today. And then it's going to cool off thanks to the front. So for those of nice. you all that were completely unaware that Rob is weather nerd. <laughs> hey, they don't call me Rob the weatherman white for nothing. So uh trust me i am no meteorologist i am not the big forecaster i'm not the guy that you want that's going to be like okay what exactly is going to happen i'm going to tell you this is probably what's going to happen so, like most okay. weather people isn't that kind of the same thing sometimes it certainly can be but yeah it was a fun weekend um just to kind of give you guys an update so it's been two straight weeks uh three gigs per weekend and on top of that my one off day was monday where one getting tires or getting full set of tire replacements and then recording this podcast, closing my eyes, going to the studio for two days and then hitting the road again. So it was, uh, if you're seeing any bags under my eyes, that's exactly why we are quite exhausted after the last several days of gigs, but it was a fun experience. Uh, I want to thank Corey Kent and his crew for dragging us along for five shows and Getting to play with Stoney LaRue on Saturday. You know, one of the legends, one of the true red dirt legends of our of our generation. So it was really cool to share the stage with him again. Uh, first time I've done that in two years. So pretty, pretty cool experience. I made my annual pilgrimage to Kyle Field this weekend. I saw that. Looked like y'all were having fun. Yeah, I mean, I had a good time. The weather was gorgeous. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, you know, games like Evelyn Christian, it's the game is almost an afterthought. I'd probably spent half the time just talking and you know, chatting with folks and mm-hmm. met a real cool couple. Their kid just got accepted to AM, so they're like brand new Aggie parents, so they're super excited. And that's always cool, isn't it? Yeah, ran around, saw some people. Um, yeah, so ran all the way up to third deck to say hey to the kiddo and get a picture. I and saw that, that's awesome. I cannot tell you the last time I've been to third deck, but I've forgotten how, <laughs> how far up it is up there. Yeah. And the other, and I will say, uh, at least with the renovations at Kyle, uh, 
those kids never had to experience ramps upon ramps upon ramps like we had to back in the I day. I don't know what's worse, the ramps or the stairs. Oh, I mean, I hate the stairs for my knees. Yeah, like <laughs> you know? I didn't take the escalator. Um, and so, I, yeah, I just humped up the stairs. And I was like, this is bull crap, man. Give me the ramps back. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when I saw her, that was her last home game as a fist. It's like one of those where does time go kind of thing, you know? It's crazy, uh, isn't it? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the game was whatever. It was, I mean, the win. I, guess, I, I guess we could have scored more. I don't really care. It's, I mean, as long as you don't lose those games, pretty much at this point in the season, it's, you know, this, this game, when it's your first or second game of the season, if it's, it's real tight, you know, obviously there's a lot of concern, but there's also still hope. And, you know, we're, we've got one game left and we know what this team is. So, mm-hmm. and, and even if we beat LSU, all it's going to do is change the degree of our bowl game, which, yeah. You know, the temp's not real hot on the bowl game, you know, kind of projections to begin with. Um, so I guess uh, I, I have no desire to rehash Abilene Christian other than it was nice to see Moose have a good game. It was great to see Moose have a good game. Um, it, I mean, uh, incredible catch, of course, that uh, that was shown and the hurdle. That was all great. Yeah. And hard, hard to believe this poor guy was stuck on the sideline because of the sleeves, you know. <laughs> what a thing. He's, he's a playmaker, man. He is um, a playmaker. I, it was really cool to see the all all walk on kickoff team, obviously. That was great. Yep. Um, I actually uh I went a little bit early, went to Letterman's Club and got to got to see Jackie and hang out for mm-hmm. a little bit. So it's always good to see Jackie. Um, oh, it, it was phenomenal uh to so, see Jackie. Total legend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> total legend. Total legend. Um, but uh but yeah, no, it was a beautiful day. Um it's funny. I've forgotten because I don't, you know, I don't generally go to games very often. Um, but when I do, they're not normally the 11 a.m. games. Mm-hmm. We got home and, I mean, I wasn't footballed out. I mean, I kept football on the TV, but I really didn't pay attention to it much the rest of the day. Um, just kind of yeah. hung out with some friends and had a great day. Again, the weather was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, yesterday, because I'm old, just basically recovered and relaxed mm-hmm. a little bit. Because yeah. it's almost like. I'm not recovering like this specific Sunday. I'm not recovering um, because Monday is going to be like, it's going to be a nightmarish work week. Right. I'm recovering because I know what's going to happen on the back end of the, of the week. You're you know, right. Basically, as soon as I'm done with lunch on Wednesday, I have to go into prep mode. Mm-hmm. So I'll be prepping the rest of the day on Wednesday. Um, so I can get up early. Cause we're actually doing a little earlier Thanksgiving than we normally do. So I got to get up, get everything in the oven and start doing the rotation on the oven and the times and the temps and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then, uh, and we'll get to this. Yeah. Cause I, I'll, I'll throw on the Thanksgiving day parade. Like it's, you know, it's something to have on in the background. I, I, yeah. you know, it's just, it, 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 if nothing else, that's nostalgia creeping through on, on your TV. Oh um, yeah. But then, uh, 11 AM and we'll get to this, um, in a little bit. Cause I want to talk to football game first, but I didn't realize they were playing on Thanksgiving, but at 11 AM on Thanksgiving morning, Texas A&M is going to take on Penn state. Yep. Shooty hoots. Yep. Men's basketball. Um, You know, so it's a bit of a a revenge cycle kind of game, maybe. Um, Hopefully. uh, You know, but we're ranked 13th and they're not ranked. So I I don't, I can't say I've done a ton of research on Penn State. I know that they're undefeated, um, but I know it doesn't look like they've played anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, What's like Moorhead State. And, uh, you know, it's, it it reminds me a lot of uh, kind of our preseasons, you know, in years past. Like they played Delaware State, Lehigh, St. Francis, PA, and Moorhead yeah. State. Right. Like, that you, you and we've seen it, right? We've you can't you can't build competition early in the season when you're not playing competition. 
That's right. I mean, you know, your your first real test is going to be A and M, and it's going to be a very early game uh, as far as everything on kicking a holiday out. on, on the a holiday. road. Like they're both everybody's on the road. It's one of those like little mm. kind of roundabout invitationals or tourneys, whatever they call them. Yeah, down there but, in Florida. Yeah, so I mean, basically, you know, the weather will be nice. Um, but yeah. <laughs> granted, they're not playing outdoors, so that really doesn't matter. Um, but you know what? It's it's going to be, and this is just a guess, but I feel like it's going to because it's Penn State and Texas A and M in Florida. The attendance isn't going to be crazy. It's Thanksgiving morning. So when it's when there's no energy in the building, it's your job to bring the energy. And I'm always going to trust a Buzz Williams team to bring the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unlike, you know, unlike Penn State, who's basically played what looks like to be D2 and D3 level schools. We played on the road at Ohio State and won. Yep. Played on the road at SMU, which that that game reminded me. I guess we're just going to get to basketball. We'll get sure. back to football. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought it was uh, so. You know, you've got the road game at SMU, so now you actually you've you've tested yourself twice early non-conference, which is kind of new for us as Aggie basketball fans, right? We're used to kind of these Morehead State Lehigh's at Penn State's been playing with maybe one test throughout the entire non-conference slate, mm. but now early on, you've gone to uh, to Ohio State, you know, on the road and one. Yep, uh, I guess an Ohio State team, which I said I, I think I think they're gonna that's gonna definitely gonna be a quad one win. SMU, there's no telling it's going to be quad one. They shot lights out. It reminded me a ton of when we played Penn State in the tournament. Yeah, um, They just got super hot. But unlike the Penn State game, we were able to basically kind of trade blows. And and going into you know going into the locker room, you felt good. You felt a lot better at halftime than you did about halfway through the first half. And mm-hmm. so another good test on the road. Uh, is that going to be a quad one win on the road? I don't know. We'll see if SMU is any good. You know, if, if they're going to shoot anywhere near where they shot against us they should they should win some games this year mm-hmm. um and then you know turn around and uh and it's just you know another test for us on the road yeah right i yep, mean Virginia. well i mean kind of, but well no it's not on the road that's not fair it's really really a, a neutral site game but you know you got your you got your head right against uh oral roberts and then you got yeah. kind of an extended layoff after kind of back-to-back uh road games um you know, you're talking about a full, almost a full week off between games, which is always, always great for early season legs. Just kind of getting back underneath you. So, how this game shakes out relative to our resume, I don't know. Um, but again, like I said, like it's a revenge factor. I, 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 there's some dudes on that team. This is going to be a revenge game. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have any desire to leave that tournament the way they did last year. So again, you got you got another game. Um, uh, yeah, you, know, you and unfortunately, like I said, you know, it's Thanksgiving morning. So, how many people are going to be there? Are we going to bring the en- energy? Sure. Mm-hmm. Then you got another week before you go on the. Uh, I think it's on the road to Virginia. Or is that the same tournament? I, I think th- that's a, that's a true road game in Virginia. I think that is a true road. So, game. like you look at our you look at our non conference schedule this year, and it is just like light years better than anything we've done non-conference well one of the things we were talking about you know in previous years uh and one of the issues with buzz williams is the early season scheduling i mean it's been a case where <clears throat> most of the teams we played haven't exactly been top tier opponents so i mean it's like we went full reversal this year let's said let's go get the guys that we know are going to be good good road tests and get them rolling and even like non-scheduled games you know when we were playing those preseason matches i mean one of those games was against texas tech who we know is a tough opponent so it's good to see us really laying ourselves out there and trying to build up confidence uh with those committee members because you know they're really big on looking at those early season quad wins even though that really isn't reflective of what the rest of the season looks like they value those games 
So we might as well yeah. show up well, in them. Well, in the in the non-conference slate that we you know that we had in years past, and even as it got a little bit better year by year, because I, I understand how Buzz say it came in and it, like those aren't gonna be the games we're gonna play. We're gonna get there, kind of thing. Yeah, Billy Kennedy was the same way. He he was a bigger fan of you going undefeated than playing good teams. Um, right. which you know, maybe reared itself reared its ugly head in conference play. Um, but but because they're important and the committee has been very clear that these games are important, you've got to mm-hmm. schedule them. Now mm-hmm. you get DePaul this year at Reed Arena. Nobody knew DePaul was going to be one in five right now. Right. Just lost in San Francisco. Right. So yeah, you know, you, it's not like you're scheduling these things a month ago, but as a whole, the lineup are are names that when you schedule them are names, right? Oh yeah, sure. Penn State, Virginia, DePaul, Memphis. Um, the, honestly, I mean, the big, big ones. Well, even or even Oral Roberts in the past isn't a bad team, you know. Um, struggling a bit this year, but yeah, been yeah, taking advantage. I mean, you, you schedule them when you can, but mm-hmm. it's you know to an extent. I, it's funny, like. When you think of Memphis basketball, you think of really good basketball, right? Yeah. I mean, generally, yeah, yeah they're very uh, highly regarded program in terms of those mid-majors. Um, and that's very important uh, to have those type of teams on the schedule just because it does build a resume without necessarily being top-tier opponents all the time. Well, and they're 3-0. They yeah. beat Missouri on the road. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Missouri's going to be any good, but Missouri's had a good basketball team the last couple of years. Yeah. So – Again, like the resume that you're building, you know, when it was we didn't play anybody, it gave you like a tiny, tiny, like razor thin margin of error in conference play to make the tournament. Right. So that's why I I mean, I love it. I, I love the schedule that they've set up. Um, I love the early success, uh, success that they've had. Um, I, I'm, I mean, to me, it's kind of it's it's a revenge game to me, too, a little bit with Penn State. Yeah. Um, you know, the way the, the way they shot us out of the tournament. Mm hmm. Well, and and something I wanted to really touch on that really uh, kind of resonated with me was honestly looking back at this old Roberts game because it had the feeling very similar to Wofford last year. If you remember, just kind of a low, kind of a slow start game. It took us a while to get in there. And Oral Roberts shot pretty well from three where we did not. I mean, we were only shooting 9% and they were shooting 39% from three. And yet, it's still a game that we ended up finding a way to pull through despite the weak shooting on that front. Mm-hmm. And you found a way to win the game. That's what you want out of these type of games. Those type of teams, you're not going to play lights out every night. So yeah. if you can come out and still find a way to win and win comfortably, I'm about yeah, it. The Oral Roberts game, man. It's a trap. It's a trap. Exactly. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, you're talking about Ohio state SMU with Penn state and Virginia on the back end. And mm-hmm. right in the middle is Oral Roberts. Yeah, trap game, so absolutely. I, I thought it showed some great resilience of the team to put away a game that, um, like you said, it's just – it's tough. You know, you've been on the road for two straight games. Um, it's a lower-level competition knowing that in a couple of weeks you got Virginia and you got Houston. And so it's their ability to stay focused. And and another thing I will say, I, 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 it's not just the opponents that we're playing. It's that we're going on the road. Exactly. You know, you're, you're leaving the friendly confines of Reed and they have been very accommodating at Reed. I will say this. I love the fact that we're seeing crowds over 10,000 for, you know, Not an opponent. Like, yeah. In conference. I know uh, for Will Roberts. Yeah. We had a home football game the day before, and I'm certainly sure that helped, but it certainly didn't hurt. And it's good to see that that's been getting there. Yeah, and the crowds I'm, have been great. And and that's all. That's always been the rule with basketball, right? Aggie basketball. Right. If you win, we will come. And, exactly. And it's, and it's 
it's like that because we've never had any well we rarely and and what i'm about to say really is that we really haven't had any true sustained success mm-hmm. to where you can build a fan base up over a period of six to eight to ten years you know we've had you know two-year runs here and there yeah better and, fun. well and, and even upwards of four you you look at like turgent and some of those guys but uh, i mean over the years yeah it's always like little runs it's never like an extended period of success and so <clears throat> i really hope that our our boy buzz can really keep the energy going i mean i, I love the guy well, it's oh, hard not well, to root for him <laughs> yeah as a, as a dude absolutely he's fantastic but then you know obviously it's also AM, but he's also yeah. just an amazing person if you ever catch yeah. him in his podcast but i think what we've seen with buzz is it was early disappointment because we all expected him to come in here and, and just change things right and sometimes it can be like that but rarely it is and this isn't yeah. a school where we're not a basketball school so from a talent perspective you know, we didn't have like a full cupboard for him to come in and do so. I mean, he immediately had to go to the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had to figure out really how he wanted to approach the rebuild. But then we saw now we've seen NIT. Yep. Uh, we've seen tournament selection. Mm-hmm. And this year, barring something insane, we should end up in the tournament again. Yeah. So now now you're starting to see the the building blocks of that sustained success. And you get to that and and you'll have eight, ten thousand people for it. Doesn't matter who's in town game. And that's always great. I mean, that's what we love to see. Um, you know, we talk about attendance numbers, and people always love to talk about AM as far as a lot of different sports, obviously football being a big one, but you know, bass, I mean, baseball is generally in the top five to ten in attendance every single season. Uh, you, you know, and if we could get basketball to that point, that would be awesome to see. Uh, obviously, we're not Reed Arena is not the biggest arena on the planet, but it is a great arena in terms of energy when you get the right people in there. And the Aggies are great, great whenever we're rolling on basketball. We could play in a warehouse, and as long as it was as long as the twelfth man showed up, it'd be a rocking atmosphere. Reed Arena is an event center; it's not even a basketball arena, as far as I'm concerned. But exactly, I mean, but Aggies make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, they, they, they make it work. So it's exciting. It's something to put on your calendar for Thanksgiving morning, you know, have mm-hmm. a watch, watch the parade, get the Turkey in the oven, grab mm-hmm. a mimosa and flip on the eggs. Yep. And there's yeah. also plenty, plenty of college football going to be rolling along on that same right. this yes, Avenue too. Well, we'll just, and we'll talk about the whole weekend. We won't just talk about Thanksgiving, uh, matchups. Yeah. Cause obviously this is rivalry week. It is um, across college football minus army Navy. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll hop into ours and then we can kind of just do a dance around uh, of the other games kind of throughout the, the rivalry weekend, you know, because they, you know, crank up on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so our game, uh, I, I wouldn't say that we're wildly successful in Baton Rouge as of late. Uh, yeah, we haven't been wildly successful in Baton Rouge, honestly, going back to our big run against them late 80s, early 90s. If you look at that stretch of games, I mean, one of the funnier little bits of trivia was LSU actually wanted to get out of that contract after 95 because we just kept beating them. They were sick and tired tired of losing to us. You know, it's, it's hard to remember that for some LSU fans, but there was an era where A&M was just rolling through you every single year. So I'm I'm excited. Since we've been in the conference. You know, it, it was a bad stretch the entire time Kevin Sumlin was there. But I will give, you know, if we can give Jimbo Fisher a little bit of credit, he never lost to LSU at home. Not once. Yeah, but we but we still have to get over the hump in Baton Rouge. We have and, to. And, man, 
I don't know that this year looks like the year to do it. Um, no, but <clears throat> if if they, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say, uh, you know, one thing that is playing to our factors here is it is 11 a.m. You know, we're not playing a night game in Baton Rouge, which is, you know, the first time we've done that. Uh, you look at the last, I mean, at what the very first year back in the SEC, um, we played LSU at 2.30 every single game after that in Baton Rouge was at night. So yeah, they're not happy about it. Oh, they're not very happy about it at all. But you know, what are you gonna do? They don't they don't like going to football games sober in Baton Rouge. No, so that might I, I'm not say that's gonna be the biggest factor on the planet, but it's gonna help a bit. The crowd the crowd in theory won't be into it until until LSU gets rolling. Because you're talking about the top offense in the SEC. Yeah. Jane Daniels is the top passer. He's the second second highest rusher. Two yeah. of the top five wide, two of the top five wide receivers in the conference are yep. yardage wise are LSU. I mean, you're only here's some optimism. How about that? Let's put it this way. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, I think they're, I think the kids are are having fun. I think they're just going to let it rip and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, never never count out somebody that has nothing to lose. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to get at. Yeah, you know, when you have a team like us who at this point, I mean, obviously season's done in terms of anything sustainable uh, going forward. But, you know, these guys are playing for pride. They're playing for themselves. And I'm very excited to see what E-Rob might kind of dial up going into LSU. It could be anything. Honestly, I know the line's sitting at 10.5 currently on ESPN for LSU at home. I'd say it's a fair line, especially considering the type of team they are. But the type of team we are. And the type of team we are, but at the same time, I do love the fact we are going to go into this game, and it's all free. We have no clue what's going to happen, and it could be fun. We'll see if what I, happens. If I was thrust into that position, like, you know, basically a couple games left, all of a sudden, like, I go from, you know, code DC to head coach, I would have, and knowing just kind of the history between a and LSU, yeah, and knowing, like, Dude, nobody's picking you to win. You may as well have fun. Mm-hmm. I would probably have like five or six trick plays like dialed up and written yeah. in, written up like for this week. I'd have I'd have a ton of fun with it. And the, the one thing I will say, and here's where your here's your other part of optimism, is um, we're first in the ACC in team defense. Yeah, we only give up 286 yards a game. Mm-hmm. So there's a clash there mm-hmm. with Jaden Daniels and his talent. And our defense kind of refusing to budge, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and they, and if my math is right, because I had to, I just went on the NCAA side. If my math is right, LSU's defense is 13th in the country or 13th in the conference. Mm-hmm. Like they're giving up over four, they're like 411 and change a game, which, yeah. and we only, I mean, we only put up like 405 a game. They mm-hmm. put up, they put up an extra 150 a game than we do offensively. But they, you know, it, if, if you're going to hang your hat on anything, it better be defense and energy. <clears throat> yep, I agree. And so, you know, going into this game, obviously not a lot of expectations, but I, I'm certainly excited to see what we might be able to dial up just in terms of the entertainment value. Could be a very fun game. Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of factors. Like you said, the 11 a.m. in Baton Rouge, they aren't keen on that. They generally, I mean, you like mm-hmm. to think that they start slow, but the players aren't out drinking, you know, with the fans. So it's a little different. Um, yeah. Uh, I hope they do. I hope they go out the night before with the fans and get hammered. Um, you know, <laughs> do this varsity blue style. 
Um, <laughs> well, oh, I was, well, you know, the thing that kind of crept into my mind was looking at, if, if we're talking games, uh, look at uh, Necessary Roughness, the very last game. It's like you're playing, you know, the big wigs, you know, old, old, old University of Texas going to go out there and make it all the way. Meanwhile, Texas State kind of floundering at this point. Let's go out there and just let it rip. We have the backup coach. You know, let's well, have I, fun with it. And let it rip on both sides of the ball. Like, yeah. You cannot sit back and let this guy pick you apart. It's clear that man can throw the ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like send the extra guy. Blitz. Yeah. Um, you know, put him put him under pressure. And I know that that means he may take off and run. I mean, this this is a unique challenge because this guy's, you know, acting like Tebow, you know, passing and rushing all over everybody. <clears throat> so I think I think you've got to well, and hopefully I'm just I don't know. I I can't ever put my finger on the pulse of the defensive play calling sometimes it's yeah but but let it rip defensively too you know just try and get after him because if he burns you he burns you i mean if you sit back and let him pick you apart he's going to burn you anyways so Mm -hmm. what's the difference you know at least maybe you get some sacks kind of get in his head a little bit so i i I just think there's an opportunity to have fun um and and again just kind of play for each other and you never know you know the one thing is you know, what happens if you lose? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, no one's going to sit here and say, oh, man, what was A&M thinking? Oh, they should have been. It doesn't matter. We're not the team that everybody's focused on this week. So let's go out there and just throw down. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's surprise somebody. And Well, maybe they'll surprise themselves. Well, <laughs> that would be awesome. And I, I know a lot of people, um, you know, looking at the E-Rob situation, uh, first off, I love the man. Absolutely love his energy. Love his uh, – yeah, you know, what he's been able to do with the players in a short time. And obviously the players love him. Uh, and I know a lot of people are almost starting to lean in towards like him hitting the head coaching wheel and try to get in there. Uh, from what we were reading in the press conference from Ross, he wouldn't exactly be a candidate because they've said they're not going, they're not going after any, you know, they want experience at the head coaching position. So they're not going to go after coordinators. Well, I mean, he's but, not, I mean, he's technically not even a coordinator. No, like, but right. what I would love to see is potentially um, if we wanted to. I know we, I know he just signed a contract, but if you wanted to cut ties with Durkin and promote E Rob to a defensive coordinator position sometime very soon, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But bare minimum, I want the man in, in town because I love him. I just, I just want whatever coach that comes in to get whatever staff they want. Yep. You know, and yeah, whatever works. And if he's a good, smart coach, he'll realize that keeping E-Rob would be a really good idea. I think so. Um, yeah, that, that whole saga. We're, I mean, this time next week, we should be really close to having a coach. Uh, rumor has <laughs> it that we should have a, a name dropped by, uh, I think the second is when the announcement is going to happen in December. Because they want to get it in before, uh, I think, NIL and Portal stuff opens on the third. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying we could hear something as soon as next week. Yeah, so, so that that's what they're hoping to get out. So, all right, let's run. You want to run through the rivalries? Yeah, sure. We got plenty of good ones. Uh, all the good. I mean, not all the good ones, but a lot of the good ones because you know it is the rivalry, rivalry can be good without the game ending up being a good one. Right. I mean, like Ole Miss Mississippi State kicking off on Thursday Egg Bowl. It's always crazy. Granted, Mississippi State. Fighting for bowl eligibility here against an Ole Miss team that's been letting it rip. Yeah, uh, Ole Miss is going to absolutely run away with this. Mississippi State's just not good. Ole Miss, what are they, 12, yeah. 13, 14-point favorites? <laughs> Something like that. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eleven as of this morning. Yeah. Um, trying to think of the other ones. Like, yeah, it's, Big Twelve tried to put rivalries together. You know, as the conference keeps shifting, TCU's mm-hmm. playing at Oklahoma. That's not a rivalry. Um, I TCU. I think they need to win to go bowl eligible. Yep. So it's a big game for TCU. It is. Um, and when there's a million different breakdowns for how the Big 12 could end up with a championship and everything, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I have Me. no idea. No. And uh, honestly, with a lot of those games on that Friday, yeah, it could get really interesting really quick because the only team that can control their destiny at this moment is Texas. And if Texas Tech, God bless them, Red Raiders, I'm begging you, find a way to win that game strictly because I want to see all the kerfuffle happen with them trying to schedule this championship game. You know, if it were if it were in Lubbock, I'd maybe maybe give Tech an outside fighting shot. But man, uh, Texas playing well. I mean, like it or not, they are. Uh, they are. But but again, I mean, Tech beat them last year. They did. So uh, another game. Did you say Iowa Nebraska? I have not said Iowa Nebraska, but so, yeah, that one. That uh, one's obviously good. that's an older school rivalry for us older folks. You know that know Iowa Nebraska. Yeah, um, you know, back of like the Pack Eight days or whatever we go, the Big Eight, whatever it was called. Mm. Um, that's an interesting one because Nebraska needs a win too. They they, they need a win to get to the bowl. Uh, mm. and, you know, for Matt Rule, um, I think probably maybe one of the most intriguing ones is going to be uh, I don't remember which day it is. Um, Oregon State at Oregon. Yeah, that's going to be on that Friday. Uh, that yeah. one could be very interesting. Well, what's crazy to me, though, is Oregon State – or yeah, Oregon State, they're two touchdown dogs in that game. Yeah. Like, I get that Oregon's good, but that seems like a bit much. Um, well, and, and especially when it comes to rivalries in this particular game, because let's face it, it's a similar situation to A&M in Texas back in 11. You're ending a long-standing yep. in-state rivalry – and yeah, uh, Oregon State going on the road for this one, but you know they want that one bad. Oh, oh, absolutely. But again, they haven't won in Autzen Stadium since oh something, oh five, oh six, oh seven. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been like a decade and a half since they won at Oregon. So, I mean, Grant, you know, none, none of those, you know, those long time statistics literally do mean nothing. Um, right. Uh, you know, because every obviously this is a way different Oregon State team than we're we're <laughs> used to seeing. Yeah. Um, probably the big big one I would guess of the weekend. Um, well, one of the big ones, but big ones that'll be competitive. Mm-hmm. Maybe is a better way to put it is Ohio State Michigan. Yeah. No. You know the big game, right? I mean, we're really excited for that one. Uh, obviously, playoff implications are big in that game. Um, with Ohio State bring two and Michigan at three yeah, yeah. yeah. in Ann Arbor. Uh, so, and uh, Harbaugh not on the sidelines. So uh should be a very interesting game. Um, yeah. Well, this is kind of one of those, Hey, Ryan day, get over the hump. If you're an Ohio state fan and for Michigan, um, all of a sudden you haven't had a problem with Ohio state last couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Now you've set a trend that, Oh, maybe we're swinging this pendulum back the other way. Yeah. yeah it's, Two undefeated teams will enter the arena and only one will leave. Yep. So that so. that's going to be a really exciting game. Yeah. It, well, exciting. And as far as just, you know, again, like you said, the playoff implications, I mean, mm-hmm. realistically you're looking at one of them is just out unless, yep. well, well, it, that's not Maybe. true, because, but you never know, but you know, a one loss Ohio state team that didn't get to the big 10 championship, you know, do they get in 
over you know another conference champion so again there's still there's still a mil of course there's a million scenarios mm-hmm. um you know colorado uh, and utah i mean man what happened to Dion? man <laughs> reality yeah 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 what happened <laughs> like, i mean i mean anybody thought he was going to go into colorado in the first year win 10 games it's just completely insane no, and uh, you know, you have to feel for some of those fans because I mean, all those early games, you win those good, tight early games, and you're, you're rushing the field against Colorado State, and you're rushing because you're so excited. You know, you're not a one loss team. We're back. Yeah, you know, we're back, right? It's like we're, we're rolling along, and now you're sitting at four and seven. Yeah. And you're playing right. against a Utah team that's been very good for most of the season. You know, they're not quite where a lot of them their fans wanted to be but you know they're really wanting to show out so yeah well, i heard uh i heard ob say earlier this morning um i guess cam rising's coming back it's like his seventh year wow yeah medical red shirt covid i guess well you know if you work the system right yeah um i think there's maybe a couple others to keep an eye on i don't think the uh, iron bowl is going to be one of them <laughs> um no but- and i i will say this uh in, in relation to the iron bowl New Mexico State. I'm so damn proud of y'all. Way to go, Aggies. You know, oh, yeah, there you and, go. You know, <laughs> I mean, that was their biggest win in program history. First time they've ever beaten an SEC team. And, I mean, they got nine wins in, in their pocket. The last time New Mexico State had nine wins was 1965. It's been a long damn time for that team. So I'm very proud of them because they've always been a middling program. And you look at their facilities. Yeah, you look at their facilities. Look at the crap New Mexico State's had to go through over the years. I mean, basically kicked out of the Sun Belt uh, because they came in and were just like a satellite just for football. Played in the Sun in Sun Belt final season in the league, and they're basically told to go kick rocks. And they win a bowl game that year, which is awesome. But then. Ran independent for a while, get into Conference USA, and now they're going to the Conference USA Championship against Liberty. I'm pumped for them. I'm, what a great turnaround for that program. And they've been doing very well lately. So, but yeah, Iron Bowl, not too worried about that. Um, Washington, yeah. I was going to say, well, if you're looking uh, to kind of mesh college football games with Texas AM coaching search, yeah. Here are the games to watch. Arizona at Arizona State. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's another one? Uh, UTSA at Tulane. Yeah. If UTSA wins, they get into the conference championship. Yep. That will be a very good one. Washington, um, Washington State, like you said. Yep. Washington, Washington um, State. That's going to be a, that's going to be a beat down. Very, um, very well should be. Uh, honestly, Florida State, Florida. It's, I know Florida has been a bit middling this year and it's, but it's in Gainesville, and you've got a perfect record coming into that game. So, you got to be careful. Well, and you're a Florida State team that doesn't have their starting quarterback anymore. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I don't think that Florida does either, but I don't think that's as big of a loss. <laughs> no, and uh, yeah, man, that that injury that that was not great for anybody oh, who ended up oh, saying it. Oh, don't look it up. No, it was it was pretty, and I'm praying it's not as bad as the video it was, was. It was gruesome. It wasn't great. I didn't think they'd show it. They said he got he got injured, and I looked up and they showed it, and I was like, "Oh, mm. you gotta give me a heads up on that guy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the rest of the stuff, like Notre Dame, Stanford, everybody yeah. thinks it's such a great college rivalry, and I just don't care about it. 
No, and it, it certainly felt fall fallen off since uh, Stanford's kind of cooled off as a program. Recently. I can't believe that game's still on the board. I think Notre Dame, they got Notre Dame by like three and a half touchdowns. I'm like, I'm shocked that that's even still on the board to bet. Yeah, 25 is the line right now. That's Ooh. wild. 25. Uh, meanwhile, uh, my, my personal favorite, my personal favorite non-traditional rival that nobody ever talks about is coming up that night, though, on Saturday. That's Farmageddon, baby. Iowa State and Kansas State. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Let's go. It's it is all about the corn. I thought you were gonna pick like one of those completely random like Maxion rivalries. Oh, see, those are great too, but that one popped up and I'm like, man, I love that game. Farmageddon is a great, great game for those who've not kept up with it. Kansas State and Iowa State do not like each other, and they will give each other so much shit about who has better corn. Well, right. Well, Kansas and Kansas State, again, if you're, you know, depending on how many names you think are actually in the hat for the coaching search, mm-hmm. you know, both of those, both of those head coaches, was it Leopold and uh, Kleeman, Kleiman, however you say it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I guess we probably get into that to coaching search. We'll get into <laughs> it a little bit, but, you know, again, I think, I think, first of all, I think it's being run well. I think it's being run properly to whereas they didn't automatically just have a dude. Yep. Like that they singled out and just were deaf to the, everything else. I think they're actually going about an actual search. Mm-hmm. They're reaching out to people. Um, just the the longer it goes on, and not that it was going to be sealed up in a week, because if it is, that'd be, that would have been really weird and probably not a candidate you were hoping to get. Yeah, probably. Um, but I think as you keep hearing things come out, and, and you know, when Ross Bjork is asked and he answered, you know, there's enough tea leaves in there to understand. Um, you know, there's probably some people that maybe you thought were on the list that may not be at all. Mm-hmm. And there might be some people on uh, uh, that aren't on the list that maybe you were thinking we're going to be, because right. you know, I know we talked about it a ton uh, uh, last week, like Schumann was at the top of my list. So it's very clear Same. that if you, if you don't have head of coaching experience, you're not on the list. So exactly. So, or, you know, or was that a smoke screen? Do you do the tinfoil hat and be like, he's just saying that to throw us off the scent? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, per, and we both said it, you know, I would love to see him uh, in college station strictly because uh, coordinator hires in the past, especially from bigger schools like that, they don't pan out every time, but sometimes if they're the right guy, it's the right guy. And at this point, that's what I want. I just want the right guy and go get him. Now it doesn't have to be a super flashy hire. I don't necessarily want the big name. I want the right guy at this point. You and, already have the facilities. Everything's there. And you know? man, that that's, that's the toughest part behind it, man. Mm-hmm. Like the right guy, who is the right guy? How do we know we were the right guy? Like it's just, yeah. it, despite experience and, and kind of whittling down to, you know, I want these, these are the handful of traits that I require for this person to be a candidate. Yeah. Like you just literally never know until they get to the school and, and things start happening. So mm-hmm. I, I, I fear that it'll be such a not flashy hire that we'll lose um, more of the roster than we'd like to. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I, you know, I don't know how, I, I don't know how, how players are going to think and react. You just, I mean, you literally never know. And, and again, you know, not every athlete is a, is a hired mercenary. We we need to remember no. that. So sometimes yeah. we need to step back and remember that, you know, there's a really, really good chance that the overall majority of these kids that, that pick their school, not just Texas A&M, but pick their school, they pick it for reasons that aren't just football. No. And 
Yeah, it is football. I mean, it's not always football, and sometimes it is just the the coach. Maybe like that was your guy. And maybe there's guys here at AM that Jimbo was their guy, regardless of result, because they really liked him. They really liked what he was able to bring to the table. You know, that is something that is a factor, and you do see it uh, with every single one of these cycles. Well, and the guys that are just Jimbo guys, they're going to be gone regardless. Exactly. You know, if, if they were so locked into Jimbo that like that was their reason for coming here, then then you're going to lose them either way. And you just can't you can't worry about that part of the roster. Mm. It's just, again, you know, who's the right guy? I don't you know, we don't sit in these locker rooms. You know, we can see the press conferences, but we don't sit in these locker rooms. We don't sit in these team meetings. So we don't know, you know, what kind of relationship these coaches really are able to establish with their players. So we don't know. Well, and, and there's a disconnect between what the fans want and what the players want, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we can sit here and say, I want the guy that he's an Aggie. He gets it. He understands what's going on here. He knows what makes the school tick. You know, those type of guys. That guy may not necessarily be what the players want. You know, the players want somebody that's going to actually utilize them for, you know, their talents and make the most of that you know, out of them and get them to the next level where they want to be, and that's the NFL. Yeah, and so some, you know, there may be a coach that, you know, from our perspective as fans, we're like, man, did you hear that press conference? How lame. Yeah, Yeah, but if that dude develops dudes and puts them in the league, I don't care if he's good at a press conference. Yeah, why do they care? Yeah, Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, for the most part, that's really what the players are concerned about is getting, well, I mean, the majority of, like, your high-level players, Mm -hmm. their concern is getting to the league. It's not their only concern. Don't get me wrong. Again, there are kids that, you know, I, they believe in themselves. I can get to the league no matter where I go. I want to make sure that I make decisions that are, you know, that are going to affect me once I'm done in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get to the league, once I'm done in it. Yep. So I'm like, I'm not throwing out names anymore. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just kind of sitting back and letting this process go. And quite frankly, this is Ross Bjork's process to, to figure out. And, and if he gets it right, he gets it right. And if he gets it wrong, then when the next guy gets fired, he'll probably go out the door with him. Exactly. I mean, he, I think most the general consensus amongst the fan base is that this is probably is his most most important hire that he'll make here. And if he can nail it, yeah, unless awesome. Schloss wants to rip off back to back World Series victories, which <laughs> I wouldn't complain about. Right, but I'm trying to think like in the screen, scheme of things, that might be the only thing that would save him from going out the door with a failed football coach. Yeah, I would say so. But I mean, I mean, who hired Jimbo to come here? One Bjork, Mm-mm. old Scotty so, Scott. So, so really, this is his first shot on our end of hiring a head coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you went and got <clears throat> Brian Tucker, who's obviously a phenomenal Taylor. coach. Taylor. Joni Taylor, yeah, Joni Taylor. Excuse me. No, yeah, we go get Joni. She's she's great, and you get Jim Slosh Nagel. So we've got a few ready to rock and roll. I'm curious to see how it'll shake out. So. Yeah, and again, I think that's just the one thing that we have to be like incredibly mindful of is yeah. Again, one, we don't know who the right guy is because mm-hmm. you know we all thought Jimbo was the right guy, right? I mean, that was it, right? Yeah, I guess it wasn't. So it's mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna let the process kind of go through itself, and and honestly, regardless of the name that gets hired, man, it's, you know your your probably two indications would be, um how the roster reacts. Yeah. But then you won't have any sort of data until this time next year. Exactly. So, so, and next year's when (laughs) 
more or less the shit hits the fan, right? You know, the full switch into the 2024, brand new SEC, brand new feel of everything. Brand new playoff so. bracket, more mm-hmm. opportunities to get in the playoffs. And with the roster that we have, one would think that you should be able to get close enough to do it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Trisha Ford. You know what? I've, I've, another one of his hires, Trisha Ford. Oh, and, Trisha Ford. and Jamie over at volleyball. So yeah. he's made some hires, but the reality is the hire that you're going to be judged upon is your football hire. Oh, especially at a school like Texas A&M. That's if what you're people... Vanderbilt, it's the baseball hire. Right. Everywhere else, it's the yeah. football hire. At, at, at Duke, it's the basketball hire. But at the end of the day, it yeah. is the football hire at A&M because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's what we want here. Um, but, yeah. but it'll be three to four years before you have any true feedback on, feedback on whether or not it was the right decision or not. I mean, yeah. it sucks that it takes that long, but I mean, it's the, it's the truth. It's all part of the cycle, baby. And so, and you got, and that's the other thing to consider for this coach. Next year, all of a sudden, the amount of really, really high-profile football games that you're going to have at Kyle Field next season. Right. I mean, you have Notre Dame coming into town. You have Texas coming into town. I mean, you've got big names coming to home games. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a really cool time. You know, especially reviving that rivalry, uh, which uh, I'm sure we will go really into that once the season starts really ticking towards that direction. But it's an exciting time. Uh, We just got to get to these last couple of games and see what happens. I was watching the Burning Desire last week. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, an annual kind of rite of passage tradition, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, you know, it always gets me. There are certain points in that documentary that, you know, get me a little emotional, get, mm-hmm. get my eyes going a little bit. Um, but for the first time that I can remember, I was watching it. Megan was sitting there watching it with me. And just out of the blue, I was like, I cannot wait to play those assholes again. I know, right? Like, well, I it, cannot wait for next year. Well, and and the thing is, and you know, it, it always goes unsaid, but, man, the way the Texas fans at the time – reacted to the situation could not have been more supportive more oh, and it was it was incredible and you know that's something that gets lost as time goes on i don't think enough people realize is you you'll see a texas fan pop off on twitter make a bonfire joke i'm like nobody would have done that 20 years ago nobody would have done that even five years ago i mean what? that's that's yeah, incredible. well, I mean, maybe enough people aren't watching the Burning Desire on an annual basis either. Maybe they just be required annual viewing. Yeah. yeah, but I'm talking about the rivalry, man. In every oh, single yeah. sport, every single oh. sport, I cannot wait to play them again. It's it, for it, it doesn't matter whether you want it or not. To be honest, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you want at this point. They're coming. They're coming to the conference. So they're you may coming. as well embrace it. You may as well get back to embracing that tradition. So yeah. They're excited for it. Uh, I know the players will be excited for it, and the fans will be excited for it. There's going to be a brand new, renewed sense of incredibly powerful energy around this rivalry from both fan bases now. Because so often, you'll hear Texas fans say, oh, A&M's always been secondary. It's in the background. We're focused. Oklahoma's the big rivalry. Granted, you go on any of their forums, and if it's like an OU thread, it might be a few pages long. Meanwhile, the A&M thread just goes for years and years and years. Threads. Threads. Multiple threads. So at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, A&M is a huge rival for Texas. I won't say it's your biggest one, but it's a big damn rivalry. And with our new recent sense of what our program is now, and what exists here in College Station for football that uh, now exists in Austin, you have the buddings of what's going to be a very competitive, fun football rivalry going forward. 
I dude, I can't wait. I'm very excited. So we'll we'll see how that shakes. Um, so Thanksgiving week, man. I'm very uh very thankful for a lot of things. I know it's been a tough year around around this part of the world, you know, obviously lost in the family. Uh the band life has been just kicking my ass. I love it. It's so much fun. And I'm very thankful for my opportunities, but I'm exhausted. But you're also, e- thankful. you're also thankful for sleep on a Monday. I am thankful for sleep on a Monday, which is probably what's going to happen as soon as I hit the pause button on this and upload it. So I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to getting some rest this week. And before heading back to New Mexico uh, for Thanksgiving, we're going to go to right. Tatum and uh, we'll run out there Wednesday. Uh, plan of attack is actually have a friend of ours, uh, Ashley Thompson, who's, who's a great, wonderful girl. Uh, she'll be joining us um, for Thanksgiving this year. So she'll be running. I'll run up to Denton area and then we're going to shoot on out nice. that way. So excited for that. Um, and uh, no gig this weekend. Uh, originally we were going to play Oklahoma city, but Carson looked at all of us Saturday night and said, maybe we'll sit this one out. He said, would you guys be opposed to us postponing our show in Oklahoma city? And we said, that's uh, probably fine. So we're, uh, we reached out to the venue. They're, they're cool with it. So we're going to move, um, Probably our Oklahoma City show uh, sometime early next year. So get get excited for that if you're up in the Oklahoma City area. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, Thanksgiving. I'm excited. Oh, I'm always excited. I mean, this is really, you know, basically today, the Monday before Thanksgiving. If if you didn't already feel it, I think we talked about this. You know, as soon as Halloween ends, all of a sudden it's like January first. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I just put my Halloween decorations away, which I didn't, by the way. I took them down mm-hmm. the very next day. Uh, but you know, it's it's it always feels like such a sprint, you know, this time of year. And uh, so, you know, I'm I'm obviously thankful for my family. I'm mm-hmm. I'm thankful, um, you know, that I'm you know able to spend some time with my family. I'm thankful my daughter's doing so well at Texas A and M in her first semester. She's absolutely smashing it uh, awesome. and changing majors, so she's right on track as a college student. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, thankful for things I've been able to do around the house. Thankful for my job. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm thankful to be employed. I'm thankful uh, for who I work with and who I work for. I'm in I'm in such a great situation over the Bach Realty Group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they they trust me to to be a grown up, which is, which is, is impressive, right? No, oh, yeah. um, but yeah, just and you know, as always, uh, I'll say it, and I and I and I mean it. You know, I'm I'm thankful for Texas A and M. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for what it's done and 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 what part it's played in my life. Um, and uh, and uh, just just thankful to be around for the holidays and, and get to be able to spend it and not be like 20 degrees outside. So it'll be a little bit mm-hmm. more enjoyable. And and I'm thankful for being able to cook and put food mm-hmm. on the table. So, yeah. And, and, and I'll reflect exactly off what you said. I am so thankful for Texas A&M University. They were, I mean, if it wasn't for this school, I mean, obviously would not have met you, would not be in the situation that I am as far as playing music. Uh, those things would not exist uh, if I wasn't down here. So, very, very happy that I ended up going here and not Oklahoma. the right Aggies. <laughs> well, <laughs> originally it was going to be Oklahoma, and I'm really and I'm really glad I didn't end up there because, uh, as it turns out, I love meteorology, but I don't love math. I feel like and, you need to love both of those, and you have to love both of those if you want to do it for a living. <laughs> so, um, and anyway, very, very happy to be moving on from that, but uh, very excited. Thanksgiving week, if you are traveling, for the love of God, please be safe. Yes. You know, there, there's, our, there's so many yahoos out on the road. 
So you might as well just please be safe. Keep an eye out for those crazies. Make sure you get to where you're going. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously this is a 365 day a year thing, but especially over the holidays, don't drink and drive. Don't get behind the wheel. There's no. in 2023, there are way too many options. So just be safe. Be mindful of other people's safety. Maybe that's a good way to say don't drink and drive. Why don't you be mindful, yeah. mindful of other people, you know, that are in their holidays. Um, and, but don't forget to enjoy it. You know, be thank. Mm-hmm. you know, tell people you know, why you're thankful, tell the people you're thankful for, you know, tell them that you appreciate them. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of this holidays. And, and whether you're going to spend it with a family, uh, with your family or, or you're somewhere where you can't get home and you're going to go spend it with, uh, you know, with, with somebody who's kind of opened their house to, for you to come have Thanksgiving, just enjoy it, embrace the, just kind of embrace the spirit of the holidays. And, and, and I love this time of year so much. And, um, you know, I, I hope you have something that you can be thankful for in your life. Yeah. Um, and and again, like we said, though, I'm gonna say this a million times. Just please be safe. Uh, mm-hmm. Have a just an incredibly safe and wonderful and hopefully relaxing <laughs> holiday. And before you know it, I mean, we're gonna be talking about Christmas shopping. So you know, very shortly, I'm sure within a podcast or two, we will be right there. So <laughs> get ready for that. But uh, very excited to be getting home, to enjoying family, and hopefully, um, everybody will maintain a very safe environment as you do travel home uh do both of us are very thankful for every single one of y'all that listen we appreciate y'all support yeah amen to that we are very very happy that y'all listen and uh uh would be very thankful for you to continue to share the word and spread and and be sure to let other people know that we are here and we are very Give us so many more reasons to be thankful <laughs> yeah yeah give us all the reasons to be thankful but be sure to follow us on our socials uh we got Roy May 15 on Twitter, Rob the Slapper on Twitter, both of us on Instagram, as well as the podcast. We are on Instagram, so be sure to go follow us on there. Um, you know, just a couple of normal men, just a couple we of just normal men, a couple of innocent men. We're just innocent men. We just want some turkey. We just want some turkey and <laughs> maybe a little bit of macaroni and cheese when it's all said yeah, and done. Maybe a little bit of everything. Just a little bit of everything. We'll take it all. It's uh, all don't great. forget uh, your band, your social. Yes, uh, be sure to follow Carson Jeffrey, please. Uh, be sure to also follow Fat Cactus Band on there Instagram. <laughs> we are we are getting some wheels rolling. Uh, the idea that has been pitched, I'm going to just share it out with you. We talked to Miller, uh, who's the manager over at the Tap, and he's very much considering putting us on for um, some kind of residency, maybe on Tuesday nights at the Tap. Yeah, as a cover band, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, so Think about you want, how broad your catalog can be. <laughs> oh well, and see, that's kind of the beauty of it. What the idea being, we would set it up and you know do like multiple sets, and you know play like you know forty five minutes to an hour, take a break, that kind of deal. But set it up where people can like submit requests for songs, and if they pay us even on songs, we'll learn it and bring it back for next week. Yeah, and you can, I mean, you can always do like a Brooks and Dunn night. You can do it. I mean, you can just yeah. do entire artists for a night. No, we could. And th- that is the beauty of it. There's a lot of different variations to us, to having that kind of uh, built-in category. But our, our idea was, uh, Miller said Tuesday night. So you know, Monday night is obviously karaoke at the tap and Wednesday's piano bar. Stick us right in the middle on that Tuesday. And uh, even came up with a great name for it. I was pretty proud of it. It didn't take much to think on it, but... Fat Tuesdays with PH. So Fat Tuesdays at the tap. Fat Cactus. Yeah, Fat Tuesdays with Fat Cactus at the tap. You know, that's... Hey, can can you guys play... We strictly do 80s Billy Joel. 
Oh man, we didn't start the fire. Anyway, uh, so be sure to come. Yeah, it, so <clears throat> we will be talking plenty about those coming up. But yeah, um, yeah uh, as well as all the, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm like dying over here now, but excited for all of the new opportunities coming in for next year. Uh, so excited for y'all to check out new music with Carson um, and all that great stuff. So be sure to follow oh. us, check us out. Yeah. Yes, sir. Don't forget, uh, Riz Real Estate Ramblings as well, please. Yes. Yeah, new episode with Jonna. Yeah, put John out. So we're at, uh, that's 17 episodes now. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple more that had some video issues, uh, but we got more filming coming up in December. So um, mm-hmm. we got some we got some really, really cool guests coming up the next two months too, um, to include, uh, um, you know what, I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. No, sounds great. I'm, I'm, I don't, don't want to ruin it, but uh, yeah, we, we got some really fascinating people coming on coming on the show. Go follow that show. Go check it out. So, thank y'all. That's all Gig I got. Em. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Gig them. Happy Thanksgiving. Eat the hell out of corn dog. Eat the hell out of corn dog. Have a great, great Thanksgiving.